0: Hey, hello and welcome to the podcast. We're on episode 47. Welcome back to the podcast. This is your host, Christina Borsetti, and we are on episode 47, which blows my mind. We are getting so close to that one year mark, which, quite honestly, I'm like, wow, this is like the longest I've committed to anything other than my husband in my entire life. <laughs> oh my gosh, friends. It's been really, a really cool, wild ride. And if you're here for the first time, thank you so much for coming in to listen to this. Series, I encourage you to go back and listen to the two previous episodes in this little mini series. Uh, if you are here for any length of time, I just thank you for being here. And I hope that these episodes are, you know, working for you in a way that's is giving you information, taking what you need so you can leave what you don't, but taking information that you can go and speak to your doctor, or it's just something that's encouraging you, or something you really need to hear in that right moment. And that's kind of what I was getting at with this podcast in general, it's just trying to focus in on all the things that are happening in our mainly our 40s like late 30s, 40s uh, upwards into those 50s. I'm not in my 50s yet so I can't tell you what that's like, but I read a lot about it. Uh and just touching on all those things because, you know, if you're anything like me, you're a busy mama and there's a lot of things going on and it's just like you start to get hit with symptoms which is the, you know, today's episode and you're like, "Man, what is going on?" Like I never had allergies, all of a sudden I do. I never had this dry patchy skin, all of a sudden I do. So like really when that stuff started happening to me, I said, Hey, what the heck is going on here? Like, am I just falling apart? Like if you've ever seen uh I've probably mentioned this before, but Bridget Jones and she's sitting at the table with her friends and their spouses and she's there by herself and she makes this joke, and I'm not gonna do it justice, but they something like uh, you know, like asking Bridget, Well, what are you up to these days? And something about you know, like, you know, well, other being other than being covered in scales <laughs> And I, at the time I was like I really don't like oh, okay this is some like kitschy British humor but it's what happens when you get older you start to literally become <laughs> covered in scales but in my case there's you know eczema which is interesting but you know, you have to laugh at it for the most part because uh, you know this it's a natural evolution of going from pre- our prepubescent years to puberty uh, you know out of you know into our, our childbearing years and out of that so it's just like sort of uh, nat- like I said natural evolution, natural movement into what's next. And so I think what comes into play here, and again, today's episode talking about symptoms is if we are experiencing these symptoms, like knowing that these could be related to our hormonal issues, that they could be related to perimenopause or that pre-perimenopausal stage of life, and that it's time for us to start really investigating that and recording it. You're going to hear me talk about it a lot, and I've said it before, and I keep saying that, but it's the same truth, that you have to record these things. If you have a symptom and it keeps recurring, does it start, is it recurring at the same time every month, or is it popping up, All is it more consistent? Um, And then when you're also looking at your symptoms and tracking those symptoms, you need to look at your life as a whole. So when you go down, you go to sit down and write out, you know, okay, today I was feeling I had fatigue, like bone-crushing fatigue, couldn't get off my couch, sort of fatigue. What else is going on in your life? Um uh, Are there a lot of activities going on in your home life? Do you guys have a lot of events coming up? Are you planning a lot of things in the future? You know, what, type of stress, external stressors? Are you having issues in your relationship or you know at work? So what's going on in your life as a whole? Are you not getting sleep? And taking a look at all these things and making sure that you're writing down, you don't have to write a novel, but just writing down little check marks of things that are going on in your life because you might notice that if you start to make lifestyle shifts or you notice that, for instance, when you don't have as many plans coming up or it just happens to be a a bit of a downtime in your life that you're not experiencing some of these symptoms. As severely. And that's something to take to note, you know, what you're eating, what you're drinking. And, you know, go out, buy a pretty notebook, put a slap a label on the front and say, the journal of me, whatever gets you going. I love a good notebook. So any excuse to go buy new notebooks. And, you know, just start. Start to record what's going on in your life because, probably, for well, if you're like me, any portion of time before my surgery, I was not sitting and recording anything. If anything, I was recording what I was eating every day and then beating myself up for it because, you know, too many carbs or too, too many whatever, you know, not enough, not enough kale, too much of whatever. But now it's just totally different. Now I'm writing down what symptoms are going on because I want to know what is happening and if it has to do with my hormones and you know, I, and as it relates to everything else in my life. So that is my tip to you. And if you're really, really adamant about making these changes, then that's something that you're going to set out to do, that when I read you off this symptom list today, that if any of them are popping up like, yeah, that's definitely something I'm going through, it's time to start becoming your own investigative journalist and looking into it. And if you know, you're not the person, you just, you don't want to, you don't have the time to do it. You're probably just one not ready, willing, and able to figure it out. Um, You're not really serious about it. You could go and work with a coach, but the coach isn't going to be able to sit down and write down everything that's happening in your life. They're just going to be able to coach you into doing the things that you need to do. So, you know, again, taking that into consideration as well. So for today's episode, we're really just going to be rolling through a symptom list and I'm going to give you some resources in the show notes. Uh, Katie Taylor, who was on my show at the very beginning, she was she's the owner of the Latte Lounge, and she does a fantastic job of educating the female community, the women community, on menopause, perimenopause. She has so many amazing resources. She's over in the UK, but that information is still relative. If you're a female with a, a cycle and you're going through perimenopause and menopause, this is something that you should definitely go over to her site and check it out. But these are the symptoms from her site and I'm not going to dig into every single why for every one of them uh, because there are a lot of many reasons why you could have pre-existing conditions that could now these can, these symptoms are being exacerbated so things to again take into consideration when you're doing your tracking but so the one that I mentioned before allergies. You know, that that was one that I, you know, I'm over here. I'm living near the woods. (laughs) When I grew up, I never had any allergies. I'm just allergy free. It's the one thing my claim to fame didn't have any allergies about anything. And then all of a sudden, I started to get really stuffy and congested and pollen was really bothering me. And yeah, pollen's been pretty bad around here, uh, just north of Boston in the last couple years or so. But man, to the, the point where I was like, wow, like my eyes are watering. It was getting kind of foggy in my brain. I just, this is like, what is going on here? And so hormones are very closely linked to your immune system. And even if you've not suffered from allergies before, you may find some allergies developing. Common allergies may include hay fever, eczema, asthma, and food allergies. So that's the thing too, right? All of a sudden you're like, man, why am I not feeling well after eating these foods? Which I wanted to make a side note that When it comes to food allergies uh, and tracking your symptoms, of course, like if you eat pizza on Monday and you don't feel anything and you feel fine, keep, keep in mind, depending on how your digestive system operates for you, you might not be feeling any symptoms for two to three days later. And that's, you know, you got tons of intestines. Things are making their way through. So, um, again, tracking what you're eating is super important here to see if there are certain foods that are setting you off. And then you can work with someone to figure out if you need to eliminate them for a little bit or get an allergy. Well, I think allergy panel, I think my doctor told me that you really can't get tested for food allergies. But then I called her the other day and said, Hey, I need to get tested for some things. She's like, Oh, we can do some food allergy. panels. I was like, I don't know. Everything keeps changing. You do, you don't, you don't, you do, but find someone you can go get those allergy tests done. The next one is bloating. So I have a hard time with this one because again, if you're someone like me who is genetically predispositioned towards having junky gut issues, then bloating is not something that all of a sudden is going to alert you to the fact that you may have you know, perimenopause, you might be in perimenopause, Uh, you know, it could be exacerbated around the time of our period. Uh, But if you're finding that you're constantly bloated, then that could be something that you should look into. Um, Body odor, that is one that I hear a lot about and have experienced myself that you can have a change in your body odor. Um, Just look out for a significant increase in sweat too. So, well, I mean, if you're having the hot flashes and the night sweats, then yeah, for sure sure, but that can happen. And I quite honestly, it thinks that, but that one I found that, uh, again, contingent upon what I'm eating and, uh, how I'm treating my body, my exercising and my sweating and then replenishing with good things that can make a big difference. Bone fractures. So as we age our bones weaken, and they're at greater risk of breaking. So bone fractures like that to say that it is a perimenopausal symptom, menopausal symptom, kind of the I want to say my issue with it is, but the thing is, like if you have osteoporosis or osteopenia, then you're at greater risk for bone fractures. Like if you get a bone fracture, it doesn't automatically mean that you are in the stage of life. There are many women who are who have osteoarthritis much younger than that perimenopausal year. So I mean, that's something go get your bone density checked out, especially if you have that, uh, you know, genetic predisposition, your family has osteoporosis, osteopenia that runs in the family, or if you're just, you know, you're feeling some sort of way about, you know, like, like rolling your ankles a lot easier, or you're finding that, you know, just don't feel as strong as you used to, which kind of goes, we're going to jump forward into joint pain, and also muscle tension and restless legs. I have again, psych, it's a powerful tool. Uh, I have noticed that when I'm in the second half of my cycle, I start to experience more joint pain. Um, that is again why we should track down what's going on with our body and if we still have that cycle to track down if you know for feeling something or feeling joint pain, then this is something we need to consider. I also find that and this is just personal experience this is not like there's no medical journals on this so you know don't come at me but I have found because I have more energy in the first half of my period, that I am more active and I want to do more things. That's why I said I I don't try to plan things around the 15th, like the 12th to 15th of the month because or the twelfth month of my 12th to 15th day of my cycle because that's when I have a ton of energy and I'm like committing to everything for the next month and I'm like, gosh darn you, former Christina self. But I have a lot more energy in that first half. And so I'm doing more, I'm expending more energy. I am probably not stretching as much as I should. And then in the second half, I'm really feeling that as my energy levels start to deplete a little bit. So maybe it's the same for you. So I just wanted to mention it. Okay. Breast soreness for sure. Breast tenderness. um, I was noticing in my cycle as well that I was, I was getting breast tenderness specifically on one side. So I had to go, I went in and I thought it was hormonal, but just to be safe, I went in and got all the tests done and it was definitely hormonal. So that's the good thing, but it it can be something that happens. Brittle nails, uh, that can happen. Burning mouth. So this is not something that I've really ever heard anyone talk about, but what her site says, says lots can happen in your mouth during menopause. You may find you have less saliva in a dry mouth, a metallic taste or a burning sensation. This will feel like your mouth and tongue is tingling, hot and painful. Hmm, Weird yet interesting at the same time. So if that's happening to you, that is a symptom. A decrease in your libido and your sex drive. This is, I mean, this is a common one. This is what's happened. You're gradually declining the desire to have sex and, you know, trying to get yourself all geared up to do it, knowing that it's going to be pleasurable, but just not having like interest at all. Um, And sometimes the reason that we avoid it is because sex can be painful because of vaginal dryness. Um, A decrease in libido, of course, a result of different symptoms as well like low mood anxiety and mood swings. So that is not it's not you you're not broken. Uh, I think Kelly Cass I'm not going to say her last name right. Casperin Casperin. Um she that I think that's her her slogan you're not broken and she or she wrote a book you're not broken. And it's true you're not If these things are happening to you, you're not broken, my friend. Okay. So there are ways that we can help ourselves. Dental and gum problems. Bone health can affect your jawbone leading to tooth movement and even tooth loss. So keeping track of any receding gums, bleeding gums, and bad breath. Man, this just sounds like so much fun. Dry, itchy skin. Kind of going back to eczema and allergies. Uh, it's because ho- collagen, the protein that keeps our skin feeling plump, full, and healthy, can also decrease in midlife, so it may lead to drier, itchier skin. Um, 100%. Like as soon as the winter hits, I'm slathering myself in and, and oils and... <laughs> and different lotions and such maybe you feel the same way if you're over here on new england in new, the new england area or anywhere on the east coast really dizziness electric shocks uh, electric shocks was interesting as well a tingling feeling in your body or more acutely a sharp sensation that feels like an electric shock from inside can feel uncomfortable unexpected it's a result of changes happening in your nervous system due to your hormonal changes wow so that's that was that was an interesting one uh joint pain we talked about that hair loss Yep, most visible and emotionally upsetting symptoms of menopause. You may notice that your hair is thinning, particularly around the top of your head, as hair growth slows down and new hair does not appear to take place of the old hair. So they say here diet and lifestyle and stress can all contribute to hair loss and midlife as well as hormonal changes. Super interesting headaches yeah migraines in particular right That can be really debilitating can take us out of our day and so that is something to take a look at again with your diet if you're feeling that you're getting a lot more migraines or you know if you're getting a lot more migraines or if you're getting headaches something to take a look at like are you dehydrated um are you deficient on soup, some nutrients Uh, so tracking your diet, hot flashes. Oh my gosh. It's like the most, if they say same thing, I was going to say this, the most synonymous with the word menopause hot flashes. Yeah. We can read all about that one. Um, I have not experienced any hot flashes, but I have found that, um, there was a gal she was a yoga instructor and she actually she did a um she was part of the Midlife Festival last year with Katie Taylor and she was talking about this cooling breath so essentially it's you know pursing your lips like you're sipping out of a straw and blowing out and then uh sucking in through the straw it's very cooling she said many of her her clients find this a really good resolve not an, an end all be all of support but can help with um those hot flashes and there's other things that can help as well or regular periods yeah this can start right as soon as we are getting into our 40s Um, sometimes they can be like you're not getting any period at all you're getting spotty I mean this is you're starting if it starts to get less and less you're getting closer and closer to menopause Uh, however right if you're early stage uh, perimenopause you can have really heavy periods and this is just really a measure of the body's inability to smoothly down regulate hormonal messages that's from Dr. John Lee so getting through the rest of the symptoms before we wrap this up muscle tension restless legs we talked about that nausea and digestive issues night sweats yes we're going to be talking about that in the next episode palpitations in the heart heart palpitations may last from a few seconds or up to a minute and often coincide with a hot flash tingling extremities urinary symptoms notice incontinence so if we go back to that episode with jenna christina from tighten your tinkler I mean, they're talking about, they'll talk about it all day, pelvic floor instabilities and weaknesses, these things like prolapse, which happen later in life. You know, we have children, we don't treat them, we sit too much and we weaken our pelvic floor. And then on top of it, right, we're losing that estrogen, which is helping to keep that strong. And so these are things that are going to happen. And that's why it's really important that if you're listening to this now and you are having some symptoms of pelvic floor dysfunction, please consider getting, you know, reaching out to Jen and Christina to... To talk to them about their program or speaking to a pelvic floor specialist in your area is super important to consider. Okay, the rest of these symptoms we have, I know you're so excited to hear all these symptoms, vaginal dryness, also known as vaginal atrophy. And so this can be more severe, like a burning sensation. You'll find it hard to have sex or wear tight clothes or be as active as you normally would be. And the symptoms can be mild to moderate and come and go. Weight gain. This is a huge one, right? We start to look and we're like, wow, we're packing on these pounds all of a sudden and I will, I will try to talk about this a little bit more in the future for sure, but most people are saying like, well, it's the hormones that are making me gain weight. When in fact, it, the, the really, the hard truth is, is that as we get into these latter years and our hormones are shifting, we're finding ourselves more tired or we're experiencing more of these symptoms, we're not as active as we used to be. Our diets aren't as great as they used to be. And then we start to gain weight, and that's what happens. And so that is something to consider that if you sit down and you really think about it, like, man, I've gained some weight in the last year. Is it blaming it on the hormones, but the hormones themselves are not making you gain weight. It is the lifestyle that occurs because of the symptoms and things that are are going on in your life. All right, anxiety and loss of confidence. So feeling anxious can involve feelings of panic, impending doom, and consistent overthinking situations and problem. Raising my hand over here, definitely felt like in the last few years that, that has happened and has increased, but I am managing it. And of course you can do that as well with a different set of tools right you know talk to a therapist you can become more active so get outside get some fresh air you can meditate and i'm not just talking like you know a couple minutes of stillness but that's going to be helpful like really get into that meditation um, prayer time right and giving your giving your fears to the lord my ladies right that's going to help that has helped me tremendously brain fog and poor memory so many women experience feelings of quote unquote brain fuzziness during perimenopause and menopause it can be be harder to find the right words when in conversation, so this is true. And if you're a mom, it's doubly is true. So if you are, it's getting into a place where that is something of great concern. Please go talk to your doctor. Depression or low mood is next. If you are experiencing a general loss of interest in your usual hobbies or interest, and in you're feeling low, this could be because of perimenopause or menopause. So if you go back to those episodes before, I discussed um, progesterone. That when we have too much progesterone, that can cause a lot of anxieties, difficulty concentrating, right? That kind of leads back into that brain fog, difficulty sleeping and disrupted sleep. I know for me, again, during the second half of my cycle, probably about a week or so before, not even I uh, get my period, I, I just, I have junky sleep mainly because I get super hot at night and. I don't know, there's a bunch of different factors to put in a play and we'll talk about that next week. But again, tracking, 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 you're like, oh my gosh, I get it. But I want you to track what's going on and how you're eating and what you're doing throughout your day and what stresses you have going on. And maybe if you're finding that this is something that happens during a certain period uh, within your flow, <laughs> lots of puns today, if something is happening that it could be that you just need to make some adjustments around that time. And again, we'll talk about that more next week. Irritability. Oh my gosh, right? That's all I have to say. Irritability. (laughs) An increase in your irritability can also be closely tied to other menopausal symptoms such as difficulty, sleeping, and stress, right? So that irritability can be increased because you are fatigued, because you don't feel well. It's just a number of things. Mood swings, that goes back into that. Panic attacks and panic disorders. We kind of just touched on that a moment ago. Tired or lacking energy. Um fatigue is something people play around with this word a lot and fatigue is something where you literally just can't do anything um I've had that type of fatigue where I just had to you know th- I, was, I could barely th- get off the couch and th- throwing myself on the floor um almost falling asleep with a wheel and so that's it's different than oh I'm just so tired so keep that in mind if you are you start whipping around through fatigue and you're talking to your doctor about it because you might just be feeling tired because you're not getting sleep, because you're having mood swings, because you have all these other things going on and they're stressing you out, right? So that is the symptom list I was going to go through today. I was going to keep it short and sweet. I wanted to talk about a couple that, of course, have affected me that I know a little bit about. But again, if you have the need uh, to get that list, I'm going to put that link in the show notes and make sure that you take that to your doctor and have a discussion after you've tracked what's going on in your body. So that way you can, your doctor can help you either by just getting that testing done or you go to a naturopath or you go to nutritionist, you go to someone that's going to help you change your lifestyle in some way that's going to help you feel healthier and more supported in this phase of life. Thank you so much for joining me today's friends. I hope that you found this episode encouraging or helpful. And as always, take what you need, leave what you don't. And if you are enjoying this podcast, I am going to encourage you to leave a review so that other women like yourself can find this podcast to get answers to things that they've been seeking or the encouragement or support that they really, really need. Thank you so much. And I will talk with you next week.